Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast, presented by BearsIllustrated.com, your home for Baylor Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati, alongside Andrew Miner. This past weekend was a very interesting one for the Big 12. TCU, now ranked number 17 in the country in the AP poll, destroyed Oklahoma 55-24. Kansas State, now ranked number 20 in the country, beat Texas Tech at home 37-28. Kansas, somehow now 5-0 and ranked number 19 in the AP poll, beat Iowa State 14-11 at home. Texas knocked off West Virginia also at home 38 to 20. But of course, we are going to start with the Baylor Bears, who were the only Big 12 team to fall at home this past Saturday, losing to Oklahoma State, now number seven Oklahoma State, by a score of 36 to 25. Andrew, you were at the game, you were dressed with a nice suit, doing some minor minutes including with Fran Fraschilla, who's a big name. Um, but how, how was your experience at the game, and what was, what was the atmosphere like on Saturday? Yeah, uh, Baylor, unfortunately, with, with the loss, uh, there was a lot of hype going into the game. It was great to be in the claim, my, my first game of, of the year. And I, I would say the atmosphere was, was all right. It was definitely hot. Talked to a lot of officials um, before the game, and they were just like, you know, oh man, it's, it's hot. We got prepared. We got to hydrate. Um, as, so I was on the field talking with them as, as they were warming up and uh, that same crew did the game in Lubbock. And they said that, you know, the week before against Texas, and they said that was 105, I think uh, 105 degrees on the, on the turf. So um, it was, it was tough two thirty 30 time slot. And I think that played into the, the crowd of, you know, trying to find shade, maybe not being as loud. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter on that, uh, that, but I think there was a lot of hype, a lot of expectations for a, a big 12 championship rematch to, to live up to the hype. A lot of people, Fran thought, uh, Fran Fraschilla thought that these two were potentially the best two teams in the, uh, in the big 12 um, this year, which I think we're learning might not be the case. And uh, we thought it was going to come down to the wire. I certainly did. And, it looked for a second like it would, uh, but really for all the hype that, that was built up into the game, we only got one quarter of crazy uh, football that lived up to that hype. The third quarter really lived up to, to the hype back and forth, and then it kind of just fizzled out in the fourth from a Baylor perspective. Uh, but as uh, Oklahoma State as well, no, neither team really did much in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the first half, obviously, Baylor laid, uh, laid a massive egg, and uh, the crowd never really had an opportunity to get into it. So 
it was great being there. I think Baylor should should respond, but uh, that's those are kind of my my takeaways there. Um, I know you weren't at the game today, but how did it look on TV? A lot, a lot of talk about the just the dismal start and the first half of the game, as well as the crowd just not being, you know, either present or decked out in gold or just loud. Well, I'll be honest, the crowd didn't seem too bad to me. Um, obviously it's different watching on TV, but it seemed like there was enough Baylor support. Um, and I know that a lot of the, the, the Baylor fans, the Baylor students are getting some slack today, but like you said, it was a very hot day and, and sometimes you just, you just can't bear it anymore. Um, so I think it's understandable, but for the game itself, as for the game itself, I I was certainly disappointed in how Baylor played on Saturday and how the game turned out. They were down 16 to 3 at half. It it seemed like the offense was going to be really good. They came out they came out the gate with a great drive on Blake Shapen's back and ended up kicking a field goal deep in Oklahoma State territory, but they weren't able to replicate that until midway through the third or until early in the third quarter after that. But by that point, it was almost too late because Oklahoma State gets the ball up 16-3 to start off the second half and immediately scores with a kickoff return for a touchdown. But I will say to Baylor's credit, that didn't put a dagger in the Bears. They came back with back-to-back scoring drives, had a had a nice touchdown drive, and then intercepted Spencer Sanders for the first time all game, which we were kind of all expecting, looking for, considering Spencer Sanders threw seven interceptions in two games against Baylor last year. So got that pick and then scored again, made the score 23-17, to but was never able to catch up and – and ended up losing by double digits. I still think that Baylor is a really good team. I still think Baylor could be the second best team in the Big 12. Oklahoma's Oklahoma's not very good this year, as we can tell after their loss, their blowout loss to TCU. Dylan Gabriel hasn't shown that he's a good quarterback, and I'm going to take credit for that. I called that Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel wasn't going to be as successful in the Big 12 as many people thought he would be. But, I mean, the dark horse is obviously Kansas, who's 5-0. But looks like Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12. I still think we could get a rematch again for the second straight year in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, right. And this is exactly what happened last year. Bears go to Oklahoma State, lose in Stillwater, uh, a place where they have not fared well. And – um and and respond and and go you know basically win out they had the loss to TCU but basically went out to um against really good teams to go to the Big 12 uh title game and then and then win it right in the end and i think saturday we learned a couple things like spencer sanders looked like the real deal i think the coaches helped him um early completing a lot of like safe short passes just getting into a groove offensively 
And, and then he really just exploded from there. So a lot of scrambles, especially in the second half, a lot of, uh, um, you know, passes, you know, where the receiver got the inside slant, you know, leverage. And really Baylor just couldn't stop him. Um, Baylor just could not get off the field. But I think that's a little bit to credit um, the, the Cowboys and, and what they, they did and truly how powerful their, their offense can be if they're operating um, on all cylinders and – not turning the ball over, not making silly mistakes. Uh, One thing that I think is important to note uh, as well, Pernay, is that Baylor just didn't quite get the breaks uh, that they needed. It it looked like, for all intents and purposes, in the third quarter, yeah, as a Baylor fan, right, it sucked. Uh, my, My youngest brother goes to Baylor. I'm in the press box. At halftime, I went down to see... Uh, to see him um, right in the end zone where the, the marching band is, you know, kind of met up with him there and talking during halftime about to go back up, you know, Hey, there's a minute left. Like, all right, we got to get back to our seats, et cetera. And I was like, you know what? I'll just stay down here for like the first drive. And I'll go up next commercial break. It, no big deal. I'll just watch it from here. Boom. Oklahoma state 98 yard touchdown uh, on the kickoff return. And everybody down there i mean it was it was packed like it it was it was a hot day and when i'm telling you that people are just they're like ants trying to get into the shade and everybody was just it was shoulder to shoulder covid be damned like everybody's just in there uh like like sardines um if you know what i'm talking about in the clean stadium there's there's the band there's a section um down down there and then there's the concession stand and that's where everybody was that was shaded um, during halftime. And, and a lot of people were still there, definitely at the kickoff return. But I think that's where a lot of people kind of gravitate to just being at Baylor games in the, in the past that had that 230 kick. You know, they, they just gravitated to, to that spot. And it was just, gosh, when he returned that for a touchdown, it was just all the air went out, out of the building. Because I think to your point, it was a pretty good turnout. It was pretty solid. It wasn't sold out by any means. Not everybody wore gold, which I think Baylor continues to have a problem with trying to promote that. Um, but just the air, whatever air and hope was left um, at halftime to try to mount a comeback, it just went out of the building um, with that kickoff return. And then to Baylor's credit, boom, Shapin looks great. Touchdown pass to Baldwin. <clears throat> and then interception by Christian Morgan. Another touchdown. It's a, it's a six-point game in a blink of an eye. Uh, it felt like Baylor was going to come back and uh, and win the game. That third quarter, that back and forth, it, it felt to me when Baylor got that stop with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, down uh, down eight. To me, I felt that they were going to go score, uh, maybe miss the two-point conversion, and then get a stop and then have an opportunity to, to win at the end. It didn't work out that way if you're a Baylor fan. But uh, Baylor played, for the most part, well, like everything, like they played well, the numbers were there. It's a matter of them putting the pieces together, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, it is a matter of them putting the pieces together. And I think part of it, it seems like the defense doesn't have the chemistry that it did last year. Because when you when you look at the separate pieces, there's talent everywhere, but they weren't able to get pressure on Spencer Sanders this game. And to his credit, Spencer Sanders looks like a rejuvenated quarterback. He looks like he has taken his game to the next level. He, I mean, the difference between him 
this year and last year is extraordinary. Um, but from Baylor's point of view, the defense, the defensive line got zero sacks. They weren't able to create pressure on Spencer Sanders. And when they did get some pressure on him, he was able to escape the pocket and either make a play downfield, throw the ball away, um, run the ball, and ended up with 14 carries for 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. He, he, he was Oklahoma State's leading rusher, exactly. And, and that also falls on the linebackers who were not able to stop him in the run game. So I think it comes down to just the players knowing where they need to be and being able to contain Spencer Sanders. Um, of course, the the Oklahoma State receivers, especially Brennan Presley, were, were getting open. So when everyone's when everyone on Oklahoma State's offense is clicking on all cylinders, it's tough, of course, to to contain Spencer Sanders. But they're going to – if they want to repeat their success from, from last year, because now, I mean, a, a college football playoff berth is is out of question. And I, I was totally wrong before the season, sorry to say, about Baylor being a CFP threat. But if they want to repeat their success from last year, which is still possible, they're going to have to find that chemistry, especially on the defensive side. Yeah. No, d definitely, and the, the CFP is probably a long shot at this point, but they could still win the Big 12. It, it's just a matter of, again, when I say putting that those pieces together, it's it's shaping, you know, it's Blake shaping scrambling and then sliding, you know, short of the sticks, right, on, on third down or, or even second and long and not picking up the first down. It's, uh, you know, dropped passes by uh, Gavin Holmes, right? It's it's just not not losing contain containment of Spencer Sanders, right? If you know how how differently does this game go if Gavin Holmes just completes the catch on that first drive, uh, where he probably has maybe a touchdown, but at least a first down on a on a crucial third down at, at the four yard line, um, and and Baylor maybe scores a touchdown, and goes up seven nothing instead of three nothing, and maybe it's just an offensive shootout you know, at, at that point, you know, Oklahoma State could still win for sure. But uh, where, where this game came down to for me is, uh, is lost points, points left on the board and, and hidden yardage, right? That, that, that's, you don't find that in the box score, but if you look at it, Baylor definitely left um, uh, seven, four, 13 points on the board in the first half. With with the you know the field goal instead of the touchdown, not being able to score um, a touchdown on the failed fourth down conversion, and then uh, the the safety, which was a bad play call. You know that's another thing of putting the pieces together in my in my opinion. Uh, and then lost yardage, ninety eight yard kickoff return for a touchdown, fifty yard kickoff return after the Bears had cut it to six points in the third quarter, short field for Spencer Sanders. Oklahoma State pinning the Bears at the two-yard line sets up a safety. All those things just really hurt the Bears. It was too much to overcome. Yeah, a lot a lot went wrong for Baylor. This is a totally different game if either Gavin Holmes catches that pass on the first drive and walks in for a touchdown. If Baylor kicks a field goal on that fourth down in the red zone instead of 
going for it and going for a touchdown. It was pretty early in the game. I'm not going to doubt Dave Aranda or Jeff Grimes' decision, but it was early enough in the game where they could have taken the points. Um, and, yeah, I did not like that play call at all. And I know I was watching with some Baylor fans in New York, and I know nobody I was with liked that play call when Baylor ended up getting tackled for safety. That that toss, I don't think you, I, I don't think that's something that you should be doing when you're backed up that much. Tossing it eight yards all the way to the back of the end zone, too. It's, yeah. it's a recipe for disaster, and disaster found found the Bears. So, yeah. You know, they're just going to have to stage, move on, recalibrate. They have a bye week this week. Uh, so, hopefully, they can do that. Hopefully. We'll see. They have a bye week, and then they have a Thursday night game at West Virginia, which – Will be tough, but should be fun. Absolutely. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Welcome back into the Bears Illustrated podcast. We're going to move on to the Big 12 as a whole and specifically talk about which teams we think are going to end up in the Big 12 championship game as well as the, the four currently ranked Big 12 teams in Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas State, and Kansas. If that sounds... If that sounds crazy to you, it sounds crazy to us, too. No Oklahoma, no Texas, no Baylor in the AP poll. What are your thoughts on what's going on in the Big 12, Andrew? I love it. I think, we, Pernay, we've been saying this all year. Big 12, best conference, top to bottom, most diverse. Love, love the energy by every single team. There isn't a doormat uh, in this league this year. Um, and and we and the Big Twelve has proven they can win out of conference. Uh, Texas took Alabama really close. West Virginia is being uh, an ACC team. Uh, Kansas beat Duke. Um, so you know Baylor lost in double overtime at BYU. You know every every game is competitive um, and love it. I do feel a little bit bad for Oklahoma, but only for Dylan Gabriel who left with. Uh, um, an injury on, on that game. Uh, love that Oklahoma got blown out by TCU, though. That's great. There's a great clip on Twitter of a guy making fun of, like, the coaching room. Um, you know, aftermath, uh, talking about Oklahoma, which I just think is 
wonderful. Um, and I love that Kansas is undefeated, you know, uh, 2007, we, we've discussed this before. It, it's, it's great. And I, I think, uh, it's it's wild to see the Kansas State Wildcats uh, just running over everybody, literally running over everybody. Adrian Martinez is, is uh, again leading the team in rushing and had three rushing touchdowns. I think he's had uh, seven rushing touchdowns the past two games against Oklahoma and Texas Tech. So the the Wildcats have responded in a in a hurry. Yeah, Kansas State has absolutely bounced back from that loss to Tulane at home. And Tulane looks solid. They beat Houston this week. Although Houston, Houston. Houston isn't very good, apparently. But, yeah, I mean, Kansas State was able to bounce back with two straight wins. Kansas, you said it. It reminds us of 2007. The last time Kansas was this good or seem, or as good as they seem to be this year was 2007 when we had absolute chaos in college football. You had a a two-loss LSU win the national championship, if I'm correct. Yep, yep. So much chaos. And 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 brief note, Georgia almost lost yesterday at Missouri. They only won 26-22. It was a sloppy Saturday of college football. And, and, and part of that sloppiness was in the Big 12, you know, Baylor giving the safety. But Iowa State lost to Kansas 14-11. to They missed three field goals. You know, they, they missed three field goals. You just, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, can't can't yeah. do that at all. But I want to talk about who we think is going to end up in the Big 12 championship game. Sure. Right now, right now, there are three undefeated teams in the Big 12. Kansas at 5-0, and Oklahoma State at 4-0, and and TCU at 4-0. and Then you got Kansas State, who has one loss, but is undefeated in the conference. And then a bunch of teams, including Baylor, who either have a con- one conference loss or two conference losses. Right now, do you see those four teams that are at the top of the pack? Do you think two of them are going to make the Big 12 championship? Or do you see one of the one of the teams that look good, like Baylor or, or Texas, who already have a loss? Do you see one of them getting in there? The only team that has a conference loss currently that I could see climbing back up is probably Baylor. Texas did win, but they beat West Virginia. I think it's clear that West Virginia is probably the worst uh, team in the league at this point. We think, right? Um, I think Kansas takes a step back. I think they will take a step back. Um, I mean, cool. Like, undefeated Jayhawks, like, bring it on. You know, get in the CFP. Go for it. Like, if that happens, great for college football. Um, but I think they will take a step back. I think at this point, it's probably Kansas State and Oklahoma State as the front front runners for the uh, the conference title. But I do think Baylor makes a uh, surge back, uh, Pernay, and I do think it's going to come down to that Kansas State Baylor game on November twelfth. Uh, I've just ha- I've had a feeling about that game since the beginning. It could be wrong if Baylor continues to to stumble, but if both teams. Uh, can can stay on track and Baylor can get back on track, then then that game I think will carry a lot of weight. Yeah, if I had to pick two teams right now to make the Big 12 championship game, I would go with Oklahoma State versus Kansas. Kansas State is also right there. And when we're thinking about Baylor's opportunity to, to make it back, that that Baylor Kansas State game is scaring me now because Adrian Martinez is a dual threat just like Spencer Sanders and we got gashed by Spencer Sanders on Saturday. Yeah, but, 
Wow. Adrian Martinez can do the same exact thing. And they have Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, who's one of the best running backs in the country. So that's going to be tough. This Big 12 season is going to be chaotic. I, I see more, more drama coming. But for the Big 12's sake, I hope one of these undefeated teams is able to continue winning out. And unless unless Baylor's able to bounce back and make it all the way to the Big 12 championship and win, I, I hope one of these teams wins out and makes the college football playoff. Probably the CFP. Yeah. I'd agree with that, just not not TCU. I mean, we're a Baylor not TCU. Just not TCU. Right. Yeah. Uh, and alive. But <laughs> even that, even that, I think, would be good for Baylor in the long run because you, if you get TCU making – the college football playoff, that's more eyes on the Big 12, and it's more people talking about the Baylor-TCU rivalry, which hasn't gotten many eyeballs recently. When you If, if they become the, the past two Big 12 champions, all of a sudden you've got both of them being good again, and it could re- rejuvenate that rivalry. You know, it, I'll, I'll say it would be cool if Baylor and TCU... <laughs>